Amen. 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 And bless God. Thank you so much, Reverend uh, Denise Burrell, for bringing that to our remembrance that Jesus is the one who saves. And I, I love that because I know that there's a whole lot of other things that we have tempted. We have been tempted to try. There have been some things that we have tried, believing that they could save us from all of our issues and situations. But when you get round, right down to it, as they say, when you get to the nitty gritty of it all, it is truly our Jesus that saves. Now we are getting ready to go into the word of God that has been prepared for your hearing for this Sunday morning. Uh, Pastor Keith has lifted up the scriptures that came from Hebrews, uh, although he will be really diving in uh, to some of the Proverbs um, as he um, comes forward uh, in this message. Uh, but the, the, the scripture uh, reference that we wanted to highlight this morning comes from uh, Hebrews 3 and 4. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Let us pray. Holy and righteous Father, we thank you for this time that we may stand here before your people and in your presence where we can rightly divide the word of truth. God, we ask that it will penetrate deep into the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls that they may come to know you all the more. We thank you, oh God, for strength. We thank you, oh God, uh, for health. We thank you, oh God, for life that we may be able to stand here behind this desk and to preach your word. Now, God, let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts, let them be acceptable in thy sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen, amen. Come on, people of God. We give God glory and honor this morning um, as we uh, come here. You know, last week, uh, we were blessed to be able to be in the sanctuary this week. We are uh, back in a totally virtual environment, but it's all good because the word of the Lord shall, step, shall still go forward, and we believe it will help this body to be better. Uh, I just wanted to uh, kind of get started by reminding us, reminding us, I know we are people who have uh, short memories sometimes, Pastor Keith, and so if I can just take us back to last March, that would be uh, March of 2020. Uh, yeah, it's coming back to you now. I, I can tell that it is, it's, it's coming up in your uh, spirits. Um, uh, for those of you who are uh, maybe the late bloomers and, and can't quite remember, but last March was really the time period um, when people were forced to spend time at home. Uh, that was, we spent more time at home than any of us could ever really remember. Uh, and this was due to the rapid spread of the deadly coronavirus. During that time, many of the governing officials decided to place the citizens, that, that means the people that they had jurisdiction over as a governing body that they felt uh, responsible for, they put us all on what was called lockdown. Yeah. 
Uh-huh, you all remember that now it's, it's coming back to you. Uh, this world was really experiencing a public health crisis that really had not been seen nor experienced uh, uh, in 100 years. Uh, unless you were an essential worker or you uh, 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 something along those lines, the message was go home and stay home. Uh-huh. Only could you venture out uh, when you were donned with your face mask, you were armed with your hand sanitizer. Uh, I would see people here and there wearing gloves and all kinds of protective measures. And you could only go out for essential items such as food and medicine. Little did we know, Pastor Keith, uh, it would be during this time that many people would discover and uncover the condition of their homes. Is anybody hearing me? Uh -huh. uh, we realized that uh, many people had time on their hands, uh, even in their telework environment, even in their uh, tele-school uh, environments, even in their uh, uh, birth church environments, people had uh, more time on their hands to check out their surroundings uh, and assess their, the physical condition uh, of their environment, uh, and they decided to take on these home improvement projects. Uh, uh -huh, you all know, like redecorating, uh, uh, re rearranging, uh, and reestablishing uh, became the order of the day because people had some time to check out their homes. Uh-huh. Folks uh, didn't really like what they were seeing and they decided to make some changes. And I agree, Pastor Keith, uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, uh, taking a look around and freshening up some things and redoing some things and giving some things some much needed love and attention. Uh, all of that was nice, uh, but really, church, what came to the surface uh, was the fact that people began to see uh, that not only was the house in poor physical shape uh, and need of some upgrades and some renovating, uh, but was also what was discovered and uncovered was that the lives of people uh, who were, uh, you've been living with, uh, people that you had been close to, uh, people that you were raising, people that you were in covenant relationship with, uh, you found out that your, uh, your, not just was your home in bad shape, but, but the people you were living with, uh, you all needed some repairing as well. Uh -huh, I believe, I believe I'm on to something already. Uh, although, although we were all equally forced to be at home, uh, what we came to better understand was that all homes were not equally safe and sound where people felt the love, the joy, and the peace of God. Oh, I think I, I think I'm saying something already this morning. I, 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 not everybody experienced the provision and the protection that makes home that place that you'd rather be. Uh, 
Come on, somebody. Uh, you got to understand the impact uh, that your living has on the people uh, that are living with you. Uh, we, we want you to know today um, that your house should be not just a house, uh, but we want it to be a home. Uh-huh. And we use the title today, uh, which, by the way, is Make Your House a Happy Home should certify that it is built on the word of God. Yeah. That it is sanctified by Jesus the Christ yeah. and is covered by his precious blood. Yes. For Hebrews 3 and 4 says, for every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Oh, I like that this morning. And so we implore you, my brothers and sisters, to make your house a happy home. Because you got to have God in it and God through it. Yes. So how do we make a house a happy home? Oh, we're glad you asked this morning. Pastor Keith is going to come forward and he's going to give you a little bit more. But first he's going to tell you a story and then he'll tell you about how to make your house a happy home. Amen, amen, and amen. Let me tell you a story, as she said, and you may have heard this story before because I have told it before, but I believe that it bears repeating. You see, back in the day, back in the day, 1989 to be exact, Mr. Swan, we, uh, when Pastor I and myself were planning to build our first home, first house. So we went through several stages in the process to building it into a home. First, we had to, of course, lay down some Washingtons and some uh, Benjamin Franklins and uh, uh, some Thomas Jeffersons and a few other dead presidents to make sure that the process got started. Yes, we did. Uh, we didn't have as many then, but we put down what we had so we could get it going where we needed it to go. Amen, somebody. I know you know what I'm talking about. Uh, then we had to pick out the lot. We we had to go all the way to Frederick, Maryland, just to see the model of the house that we thought we wanted because none of that model were even built in the area where we were building. And so we went there, we saw it, and we decreed it, and we declared that this is it. Hallelujah to the Lamb. We told the Lord, thank you, because we were declaring that this was our new home, and we had the lot and everything, and it was all moving along. And after settling on the one model and being so exciting, Reverend Denise, over the house design, we settled ourselves down to take the ride of the process of actually building the house. Well, 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 Reverend Morrell, when we, we dug out the foundation, they, they, the builder had this big bulldozer come in and, and put a, pull out a huge pile of dirt uh, and, and it made a big hole there and the dirt was put on the side of the hole. And I was so excited. Oh, yes, I was. Or as uh, William Moore would say, all down in my shana, I was so excited 
as to this hole being being built, put in the ground, and and the dirt coming out. And I said, but uh, let me tell you something. I, I said, okay, let me go make sure that Pastor I sees this hole where the foundation is going to go. And she had a different way of showing her excitement, didn't you? Mm -hmm. uh, you see, she was not the least bit excited about seeing a huge pile of dirt move out of the earth to make a huge hole, which was a preliminary to making the foundation for the house. So she said, I'm not excited about some dirt. So can you imagine how I felt that when she said that I was so over beside myself and here she's like, I, I don't know, I ain't come down here to see no dirt. So anyway, after the concrete for the foundation was laid and the wood for the house was laying out on the street, you know, because that was the process they used to bring it down on a truck and lay it out there on the street. And I thought she would surely be so excited by them, uh, but, but she was longing for the finished process when the lumber would take shape and become a completed house. I felt like she was saying, let's get on with it. And, and, and later for all these preliminaries, when do we get to the main event? When do we get to a house? Now, yours truly was marveling at how the builder had scooped out the dirt. I, and I marveled at how the exact pieces of lumber that were already cut and formed to specification and just needed to be put together like a puzzle. And to add to this, I also marveled over and over and over again about how a few days before framing, they just came and dumped the lumber on the street in front of the lot and the hole that was there for the new house. I just could not fathom how they could do what they were doing. And, and what I really found most interesting was on the day that they took the puzzle pieces, the lumber, which included the R19 insulation to keep the house warm in the winter and cool in the summer. And they took it off the road. And I thought I would catch the beginning of the new house from ground up, being framed up. But to my wondering eyes, what should they appear? There was a surprise because by the time I got there, around midday, around my lunch break, the house was already up. And they were putting the roof on the house. It was amazing to me because the, the house and the roof had come together and, 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 uh, and the house was built from the lumber that was on the street. And they built it all in one day. Although the lumber was coming together, no one was living there yet. And it was a house come together, but it wasn't a home. And so our lives, we want you to know today that, that from this story, when we look at it, our lives can be considered, our houses are often like this process. It's like 
when the dirt gets dug up from a purpose, uh, for a purpose and a reason, but we don't necessarily see it's important. The dirt comes up, and we don't understand the purposes behind the, the dirt and the holes that are dug, uh, but God does. And, and so we, we have to listen to what his word is saying. We can see the process that God has laid out for us to give us a hope and a future, as Jeremiah says, and we can see it coming together, but we're not home yet. For most of us, it's only after we see the finished product and God is dwelling within, can we now say, now we have a happy home. Come on, Pastor I, and give us a little more on this overall thing. Well, thank you this morning, Pastor Keith, for going back over my uh, excitement about the hole in the ground and the dirt moved to the side. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But this morning, as we continue to uh, take a look at this uh, whole thing about the house and the uh, becoming a happy home, and we look at the text that was read for your hearing by the Hebrew writer, uh, we come to uh, see that really what is happening here in context is, uh, is that there is a comparison going on between what Moses has done and what Jesus has done. Uh, this letter, this letter that has been written is written uh, to a group of persecuted uh, Jewish Christians. Uh -huh. it, 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 and in its context, um, it, it really does give Moses uh, uh, his high marks as a hero in the faith. Uh, God uh, was the one who uh, spoke to Moses face to face uh, uh, as if he was a friend. Uh, Moses was the one that God handed down the law, the tablets of the law to. Uh, Moses was the one with the assignment um, uh, as, the, as the liberator of his people uh, uh, and, uh, from Egypt in the slavery to Tell that old mean, ugly Pharaoh to let God's people go. Uh, uh, Moses was the man who uh, who led the children of Israel as the keep uh, in the wilderness for 40 years, uh, headed towards the promised land. Uh, yet whatever Moses had accomplished, uh, he still was no match for what Jesus did for us. Uh -huh. Jesus is... <coughs> the high priest, an apostle, or one who was sent. You all know he was sent by his father. And he who is sent has the rights, he has the power, and he has the authority of the one who sent him. We know Jesus was sent to earth by the father from John 3 and 17. And the Hebrew writer writes, makes, writer makes it clear that there is supremacy in Christ uh, that trumps that of Moses. Uh, that's where the text is coming from. Uh, but this morning, as we examine the pathway for making our house a happy home, our attention really falls on the third and fourth verses in the text. Um, and can I just say it like this? It says to our sisters and our brothers of the faith, 
Uh, he says that Jesus deserves all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for every house that is built. Uh, because those who build in faith, those who build with godly character, and those who build on the solid rock yeah. will build a happy home that's built on love, joy, and peace where Jesus is the foundation. Yeah. Oh, what else have you got to tell me, Pastor I? Uh, well, maybe you are wondering why. Why is that so? Uh, because the one who built um, everything is God. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, we just use stuff uh, that God had already placed in the earth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the stuff that built our house uh, was stuff that the Lord had put in place uh, for us to live in. Yeah. Oh, yes, he did. Um, and, and he says, and just as the person who builds a house uh, deserves more praise uh, than the house uh, itself. Oh, we must consider, we've got to consider church how God will bless us and how God will keep us and will turn our house into a home. Uh, but I might be talking to some folks that said you can put a pin right there, preacher, because I, I am living in a house right now that has become a home. And if that sounds like you, why don't you just stop right here and get your shout in, give God a high, high, high. A hallelujah praise for living in a home that Jesus is the center of. Oh, you see, because what we know is when we pay attention to the news, uh, we will find out and come to understand that not every house is a happy home. Yeah. Oh, you don't believe me? Just turn on the TV at 12 o'clock today or 6 o'clock tonight or 11 o'clock tonight and I guarantee you you will see somewhere where somebody is living in a situation that you would lose your mind in. Oh, God. That God ain't nowhere around that home. Oh, we need to understand. We need to understand. Let me break this down to you even further. You need to understand that in the text where you see the use of the word house, H-O-U-S-E, uh, in the text, uh, you will see that word used there. Uh, but here, uh, the writer is not referring to uh, brick and mortar. He's not referring to uh, a, a, a physical dwelling. Uh, but what the writer is referring to is a family of people. Uh, oh, yes, he is. Uh, you see, the house is really referring to the humans and how they maintain their relationships with Christ uh, and with one another. Right. Here is where the comparison to Moses and Jesus comes into the text. You see, Moses was only part of God's household of faith. Yeah. He was a great part. He was an upstanding part. He was an, ex an exemplary example of servant. Yeah. Uh, but, but Jesus really was the creator of the household. Uh, come on now, we got to get it straight. Um, Moses uh, had his part to play in the history of the faith, uh, but Jesus was there from the beginning. Uh, how do you know, Pastor 
God. Well, when you open up the book of Genesis, it's clear that it tells us in the beginning, God created. Oh, yes, he did. And in other words, our God really is the Alpha, and he's also the Omega. And the word says he's the beginning, and he is the end. Therefore, he is greater than Moses, and yet he's equal to God. Yeah, 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 that's what the text in Hebrews is trying to teach us this morning, church. Uh, but we know you still want to know how to make sure your house is a happy home. Well, Pastor Keith is going to come up behind me, and we're going to turn your attention to the book of Proverbs, where it can help us to follow the path to make our homes happy. Come on, Pastor Keith. Amen, amen. And uh, so what I will do is I will give you some pointers that I believe and Pastor I believe will be helpful to your happy home. Uh, I will be going fairly quickly so that if you want to write these down, you can. Uh, but this is what God has said to us. Point number one, wisdom is what builds the house. Wisdom is what builds the house. Your life should be built on wisdom. Your home should be built on wisdom. Proverbs 24 and 3 says, by wisdom, a house is built. By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. So we tell you that that means that we have to gain wisdom from the Lord so we can build our household effectively. How do we do that? We go to God. We, we, we linger with God. We trust God. Certainly it cannot be the other way around where we start doing it the way we want to as this world would seemingly do right now. You've got to go and get the wisdom from God. I, our own wisdom is not good enough. Point number two, we've got to use godly knowledge to build the rooms. Uh, Proverbs 24 and 4 says, by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And Proverbs 1 and 7 says that the fear, which is the reverence of God, of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. And so that verse also says, for fools describe, despise wisdom and instruction. And so we don't want to be fools. We want to make sure that we get godly knowledge while we're building the rooms. Let us learn to use godly knowledge to build the rooms in our house. Dr. Bill Egger from the Geneva College, he was a Geneva College president and longtime pastor of the Reformed Presbyterian Church of North America, puts it this way, says, live long and thorough to see your children love their children, and you will thank the Lord for filling your rooms. We say, along with that, receive the knowledge that God gives Ensure that the understanding of your household is clear and watch the knowledge build your spiritual home throughout the generations. Your children 
will hear and see what you do. And they will help build the rooms from generation to generation of your household, being godly and being understanding and gaining knowledge. Make yours a, a happy home is the, the, the key point as well. Because uh, women, Proverbs 14 and 1 says, a wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hand. Uh, I think that's kind of rough, you know, when you tear it down with your own hand. So, so we're getting a little personal now. And, and so just so the scripture, the women know the scriptures are to, to saying to us to build up your family with love, due diligence, and keep the happy home together. Don't tear it down with unsavory words. Not Don't tear it down with ungodly actions. Uh, and you need to just simply make the lives of your household better, not miserable. But likewise, men, some of us, uh, uh, Proverbs 11 and 29 is saying, whoever troubles his own house will inherit the wind. Uh, and it's kind of hard to grab on to the wind, I think. And, and, and so if you keep right on troubling the people in your house, the way that you are living, uh, you will inherit nothing but the wind. And the fool who you will be will be servant to the wise of heart. So just like the women, this scripture is saying, don't trouble your house with a whole lot of foolishness. Uh, don't be causing strife. Don't be arguing and don't be unstable.